Section 8 of Christmas and Christmas Lore. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Christmas and Christmas Lore by Thomas G. Crippen. Section 8 Mistletoe. And what about the mistletoe, which we are apt to regard as the crown of all? readers of virgil will remember it as the golden bough by plucking of which aeneas is enabled to descend into hell and come safely back the druids as is well known held it sacred called it all heel and ascribed to it all sorts of miraculous virtues it was not only a specific for every disease but an antidote to every kind of poison it rendered cattle prolific, and he who bore it was safe from all witchcraft, was able to see ghosts and to make them speak. This was especially the case if, as rarely happened, it was found growing on an oak tree. It was then solemnly consecrated by a sacrifice of white oxen, and cut from its parent stem by the arch-druid with a golden knife special care being taken that it should by no means touch the ground ladies please remember when mr somebody claims the privilege of the mistletoe it has not its proper virtue unless it was cut with a golden knife also that the extent of the said privilege is measured by the number of its berries one of which is to be plucked off at every kiss there was an old jest that the maid who is not kissed under the mistletoe at Christmas will not be married that year. This custom of kissing under the mistletoe seems to be peculiarly English, and no reliable explanation of its origin seems to be forthcoming. It is not unlikely, however, that it may be a survival from a Scandinavian custom of pre-Christian antiquity, the mistletoe was deemed so sacred that if enemies met casually beneath it in the forest, they laid down their arms and maintained a truce till the following day. Thence grew a practice of hanging mistletoe over a doorway, the entering by which was understood to imply a pledge of peace and friendship to be sealed with a friendly greeting. It was, moreover, an invitation to the spirits of the forest, who would come in a friendly way in the long winter night, bringing good cheer and security against any possible jealousy of the gods. Others say that the kiss under the mistletoe is a relic of some primitive marriage rite. The ceremonial cutting of mistletoe for medicinal, or more correctly, magical, purposes was practised at midsummer it was thought of as a spirit or god of vegetation in the tree which could not or ought not to be cut down until the mistletoe was culled how and when the midsummer rite was transferred to yuletide does not appear in shropshire the mistletoe is associated with the new year rather than with the nativity Probably because of its druidical associations, 
mistletoe has usually been disallowed in church decorations. There was one remarkable exception. At York Minster, it was long customary for a priest ceremoniously to lay a large bunch of it on the altar. This may possibly have been a survival of some pre-Christian usage, or it may have been a symbol borrowed from the Neo-Druidism of the 12th century, according to which the mistletoe, dependent on the tree, represented the dependence of man on God. In that case, the laying of the plant on the altar might symbolise man, or humanity as expressed in the incarnate Son, becoming an offering acceptable to God. But indeed, of all our evergreens, there is none richer than this in Christian symbolism. Its medicinal properties, whether real or imaginary, make it a fitting representative of that tree of life, the leaves of which are for the healing of the nations, while its mysterious parasitical growth led to its adoption as a lively emblem of the virgin birth. But a still more beautiful symbolism comes to us from the old Norse mythology. Balder, the god of the summer sun, cannot be hurt by anything on the earth or under the earth, but he is hated by the fiend Loki, who notes that the mistletoe grows neither on the earth nor under the earth, but on a tree. By his craft, therefore, Choida, the blind old god whose feet are shod with silence, slays Balder with a spear tipped with mistletoe. When all things in earth and heaven have wept for Balder, he is restored to life by Freya, the goddess of love, whose tears become the pearls of the necklace brising, or by another version of the legend, the pearly berries of the fateful plant. Therefore, it was decreed that the mistletoe should be sacred to Freya, so long as it was neither on the earth nor under the earth, for which cause it must always hang on high. What could be more natural than to adopt the spirit of this old fable from a Christian point of view, and to accept the mistletoe as the emblem of that love which is stronger than death, and to give it the place of honour on that night, when mercy and truth met together, righteousness and peace kissed each other. And why should the mistletoe bough be so constantly associated with that gruesome legend of the old oak chest? Surely its proper significance is the victory of love over death, not that of death over love. The weird melody to which the unseasonable story is usually sung, not so very old after all, has come to be a regular element in our Christmas minstrelsy. Why should we not sing it to something like this? The mistletoe bough in the olden time was honoured in many a sacred rhyme by bards and singers of high degree when cut from its place on the old oak tree by white-ribbed druid with golden knife. For they thought it a magical tree of life and many a promise and holy vow was solemnly sworn on the mistletoe bough. 
The mistletoe bough in the Norseman's lay told ever of horror and love's dismay, when the old blind god by a sportive blow laid Balder, the beautiful sun-god, low. Thenceforth it was deemed an accursed thing, but love out of sorrow could victory bring, and the tears of Freya are shining now like orient pearls on the mistletoe bough. The mistletoe bough on the festive throng looks down amid echoes of mirthful song, where hearts make music as old friends meet, whose pulse keeps time to the dancer's feet, and eyes are brighter with looks of love than gems outshining the lamps above. And who is she that will not allow a kiss claimed under the mistletoe bough. The mistletoe bough at our Christmas board shall hang to the honour of Christ our Lord, for he is the evergreen tree of life, whom the old blind world, amid hate and strife, rejected and slew, but he soared above, alive from the dead in the power of love, and mercy and truth are assembling now, with justice and peace at the mistletoe bough. In Yorkshire and Derbyshire, where mistletoe is scarce, a substitute is or was provided in the shape of two crossed hoops covered with greenery and adorned with ribbons and oranges or bright-coloured apples. Sometimes three small dolls were arranged in the middle to represent the holy family. This was suspended in the place of honour, and served all the purposes of the orthodox kissing bush. It has been suggested that the mistletoe of the oak, to which such marvellous virtues were ascribed, was not the familiar viscum album with greenish-white flowers which grows freely on apple trees, and occasionally on poplars, willows and hawthorns, but very rarely on oaks but the closely related Lauranthus europaeus, with red flowers, which is usually found parasitical on an oak, but is not native in England. Wherever either of these plants is found, it is associated with similar superstitions, even as far to the east as Kamchatka and among the Ainu in Japan. End of section 8